All right. You ready, buddy? Sure, man. All right. Well, hello and welcome to the More With Stumpo podcast. I'm your host, me, Matt Stumpo. And today, I'm actually really excited that I've got on Dave Bowers. Dave, say hello. Thank you. Hello. hello. Yeah, awesome. So Dave was a United States Marine Corps veteran, and he works for Roadrunner Freight and is also an NPC judge. And then you do the you promote the show for bodybuilders that are going over to Mr. Olymp- or to compete in the Olympia. Yeah, so I have three amateur NPC yeah. events, which sends people to uh, the national level. So it's a okay. national qualifying event. And then the coolest thing is uh, the IFBB event that I have. So I had 12 countries come in last year from all over the world mm-hmm. uh, to qualify for the Mr. Olympia. So there's only five in the United States. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's one. I'm yeah. one. And I think there's three others, and uh, which wow. is pretty awesome. So I've got open bodybuilding, 212 bodybuilding. So the winner of my show automatically gets their ticket to the Mr. Olympia, which is the Super Bowl bodybuilding. So if you're yeah. in the bodybuilding, you know that. Um, and then second through fifth, everybody else gets points. And that's a point structure. That's so awesome. That's really cool. That's, that's that is really, if, if you got to get a little bit closer to the mic. There oh, sure, you go. Sure, yeah, sure, sure. there you go. So uh, just recently, I saw that the the re- most recent Mister Olympia was a guy from Egypt, I believe. I cannot pronounce his name, but <laughs> we got me and a guy at work were talking about it. This dude's legs are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's just in crazy. It was it was crazy to look at just the the striations in his legs and and all the different the, the hamstring muscles. For me, the hamstring muscles to to even engage or is so difficult. But just looking at his his legs between his like his hamstrings and quads, it was incredible to look at. So, I wanted to talk a little bit about your bodybuilding career because I mean, obviously, you walk into a room, probably the biggest guy in the room, and just overall like physique just seems incredible. Well, and sure. I understand that you did do bodybuilding a few years earlier. You did compete, and which takes an enormous amount of courage to do that, which I think is incredible. I can never go up on stage <laughs> and flex in front of a bunch of people and tell them to judge me on how I look. Like, But that's, to me, that stuff's incredible. So I applaud you for that. But thank you again for coming on, dude. I'm really pumped to talk to you. So, uh, so yeah. So, so so to touch on that. Oh yeah. You know, so yeah. so on the bodybuilding side of things, for me as an athlete, I started in two thousand five. Yes. So as he had mentioned, uh, you know, I'm a Marine Corps veteran, infantry, ninety nine oh three. So I picked it up. I picked up lifting, mm-hmm. not really bodybuilding in the Marine Corps, but picked up lifting. And then once I became a civilian, you know, you quickly realize that you need some discipline in your life, and that's kind of where I fell in love with bodybuilding. Um, I had a buddy back in Cincinnati. I'm born and raised from Cincinnati. Yeah. Had a buddy from Cincinnati that you know just talked me going, you know, talked me to go into the the Mister Ohio show, which was up in Columbus at the Aladdin Shrine, and I was just like everybody else. There's no way I can get on stage. I mean, just to get out there in these little bikinis, you know, and it's got to be no, just no way. I just couldn't do it. So I show up there at this show, and and sure as heck, man, I just got that competitive edge. You know, almost mm-hmm. everything I do in life has a little bit of. Competitive edge. We were just to talking it. about that before we started. <laughs> You're talking about with ping pong. You're just gonna get real anything and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything and everything. And uh, you know, it was it was. Uh, I just took a challenge. You know, I said, you know, I, you know, my physique was 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 probably ready, and uh, I just wanted to take it to that next level, that next step. And I did uh, Mr. Cincinnati in 2005. I won absolutely everything I got into. Wow. Uh, I even I even took home the new competitor award. I won the novice, and really, so I did really really well. But I was humbled very quickly the following week. Mm-hmm. I did a uh, national, a regional show called the Beverly International in 2005. You said uh, Beverly International? Beverly, so, Be- Beverly International. Okay. Was that out in California? That was in Kentucky. Okay. That was at the Northern Kentucky Beverly, Convention Beverly, Center. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I got 12 out of 32. Now, that was back when you had 30-plus people in your class. Okay. So I went from winning everything at a smaller event the, the, mm-hmm. the week before and then to completely getting annihilated the following week, which is really cool. But the <laughs> best part that's about great. That's the best story about that is, is is in all reality, if I didn't get my butt kicked, I probably wouldn't have been doing bodybuilding much more. I wouldn't have been mm-hmm. as competitive. But because I got my butt kicked, man, it felt good. Like, you know what? I got to get better. Yeah. And, and, and my goal there was to go back and win that show. And I think in 2012, I won my super heavyweight class. I lost the overall to a Thomas Anderson Great bodybuilder, turned pro that year. He won national, so he's best in the really? country that same year. That'd be a guy I want to get he's beat awesome. by. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He, he, and then actually, he done my IFBB pro show two years ago. Did he? Really? So, so the guys that I'm standing next to in, in in 2010, 2011 are doing my pro show, trying to get into the Mister Olympia. You know, so that is that's incredible. Really cool. That's some cool stuff. So that's incredible. So the the audience that uh, that watches this show. 99% of them, they have no idea anything about the bodybuilding pro shows. Okay. And I'm not a big fan into sports themselves. Like, 
baseball, fo- football, basketball, I, I don't care to watch. I, I think they're cool. I don't care to watch. But I, I do watch a little bit more bodybuilding shows because it's, to me, that is a, the most difficult sport to get into. <laughs> I think I think bodybuilding is, is, is the hardest thing to compete into, to get into, and to be the best at it. Because you go play football, you go you go to any college, you play football. You go to any Bantam League game, oh, that's all right. You go to any Bantam League team, you can play on any of the teams. You just go into high school, college, and then you do semi-pros, and you go pro, hopefully. Bodybuilding, like, it's not a big team. Like, you're you you're the team. Yeah. It's, it's 24-7. You monitor yourself. You have to have that dedication. You have to go to the gym. You have to put in the time, and you have to eat eat their diets, the most important part. But you you are your own team. So with that, what are some of the characteristics that you've seen in a lot of successful bodybuilders over, over the years that just make a good bodybuilder or, or somebody who's in a physique competition or the board chore competition? What, what makes a good bodybuilder? And, and, and it's, it just sounds cliche, but it's consistency. And, and that's what people, you know, there's a lot of people that get into bodybuilding and they're good for a year or two and they quit because life, right? So mm-hmm. we're not the pros where you're making a handsome salary. You know, well, I'm still a dad of four kids. You know, I've got a couple jobs and, you know, I've got all these different hobbies and family mm-hmm. and, you know, we all go out to dinner and, you know what I mean? So yeah. it isn't like your full-time job. It's just a hobby. Mm-hmm. So for people to get really good at it, it's just they got to you know, just dig down and be competitive in, within themselves just to com- con- continue to grow. And mm-hmm. they, and there is some shape. you got to have a particular look to your physique. you got to have some balance, you know, top, bottom, left, right, back, front. you got to be able to get in shape, you know, condition yourself. You know, so there's a lot of that to it. I'm not the most aesthetically pleasing looking guy. I mean, I don't have that real thin 29 mm-hmm. inch waist, um, but the rest of my muscles balance itself out and really flow real well. Mm-hmm. But you know, like Big Ramy that you were that you were just talking about, yeah, the Mr. Yeah. Olympia guy. Um, I mean, with his sure size that he has and the yes. conditioning he brought this year, which he's always struggled uh, getting in shape, is what we call mm-hmm. it. Uh, and he pulled it off. I mean, they, you know, he looked incredible. It, it, it just an anatomy chart, you know, I mean, with all the muscle fibers and and and, and he's just great physique. But uh, um, I don't know. To answer your question, there's never no easy fish. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> how hard, I met you. You yeah. know, I met you and your brother. You know, yeah. in the gym, and you know, most of my relationships are met from people that are disciplined, just like me in the gym. It's just some people can take it a little bit further than other people because of priorities, and uh, you know, <laughs> that's. It's insane. Like it's to watch somebody because I know how hard I've worked to get into the gym, which I can always work harder. Everybody can always work harder. And then I see another guy come in that's just a little bit bigger than me, and I'm like, man, what is he doing that I'm not doing? Yeah. And then I'm wanting to get bigger. Then I reach that size to where I'm either the same size or I'm bigger than that guy. And I'm like, and I'm looking at the next guy. I'm like, what's he doing? Like I need to get on that level. I need to get that. I need to get that diet on point. I need to make sure I'm coming to the gym twice a day. So. I mean, yeah, like hard work. Yeah, I could see that. I just, I did, I just didn't know if there was anything else that that they'd have to have. Like genetically, like I figured genetics run huge in bodybuilding. Because if you got bad genetics, like it's hard for some people to build calves. Sure. Like, do sure. you do you know the secret to building calves? Like, no. I've yeah. always been told, hit them hard. Yeah, gen- genetic wise, you know, shape, you know, yeah. without a doubt. And you've got, you know, I'm I'm not a guy. You know, I've, I've been bodybuilding, you know, since what 2005. So that's what's 15, 16 years competitively. We've been training like everybody else has mm-hmm. for twenty plus years, yeah. but to honestly to be able to dig down and grow muscle, I, it's I struggle. If I don't eat six meals plus a day, I shrink. Yeah, right. But six but but to get in shape, I got no problem getting in shape. Yeah. For me to get in shape at a show, I rarely even do cardio, and I can still just by the way I dial mm-hmm. in my diet, I can get in great shape and be show ready. Really. However, there's another body type that I'm envious of is the guys and gals that can put a ton of muscle on, but yet they struggle to get in shape. So it's really hard unless, I mean, there's some genetic freaks that can do both, mm-hmm. but I, I'm just not a bodybuilder that can really put on a lot of good size really? uh, in a short period of time. You know, five pounds a year if I'm lucky, maybe seven if I'm really, really mm-hmm. lucky, but I can get in a really good shape. That's just how my body, you just got to play your body type. You know, the people with small calves, clearly train them twice a week, three times a week, but don't don't let that be an inferiority complex for you, you know, mm-hmm. bring everything else up. You know, there's just nothing else. If you can't, if yeah. you can't do anything about small calves, luckily enough, you know, <laughs> you know, calves are not really judged heavily no, in, in bodybuilding. Thank God they're not. Uh, you know, a lot of people have problems with small biceps. Mm-hmm. You know, matching their shoulders. 
You know, a lot of people don't have a real wide X frame or you know, lats on them, but they've got real sweeping quads. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the hard part about the sport is be able to put muscle on where you need it to look aesthetically pleasing and be good. Yeah. So with when when ju- when doing judging, when you're looking at someone that's doing all their poses up on stage, what is some what what really intrigues you more? That's aesthetically more like what you say, aesthetically pleasing to their body. I know different judges will probably see different things. I know like if I've got some senior guys, they're going to be looking at different, they're going to look at the same thing and they're seeing five different things at once mm-hmm. than I'm seeing. What's something that, that you notice first whenever somebody's a male, female walking up on stage, what's something that you notice that catches your eye to them that say, this guy's going to win or what's, what is it that this gal is going to win? She's going to take, I, I think, I think as all of us as little bodybuilding kids at heart is, is sure muscularity. I mean, just, just seeing a guy walk out with just some unbelievable, I mean, it's bodybuilding, right? Yeah. It's yeah. not a diet contest, you know, even though I love that yeah. people get into shape and you got to be, I mean, you got to be onion skin, you know, mm-hmm. thin, but I mean, you've got to bring the muscle. I mean, if you're a super heavyweight bodybuilder, you know, you've got to come out and, and command respect just by sheer muscularity. Then it falls into conditioning for me. And then the the top symmetrical, right? Yeah. Being, you know, top, bottom. Can you explain, right, can you explain that for the people that, that have no idea what that even means? Because... Because I don't have a, a bodybuilding fan club or anything. I don't have any fans, to be honest. <laughs> my mom's my fan. And but so exp- can you explain a little bit more on that? Like what what it's supposed to look like? I'll What's try. the shape? Yeah, I'll, do I'll the best try. you can. I'll yeah. try. So so clearly muscularity. So there's three criteria. There's three main criteria in judging bodybuilding shows: muscularity, symmetry, conditioning. Right. So that's mm-hmm. when, when I was just talking about the symmetry, that's 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 your shoulders matching your quads and, you know, your chest is matching, you know, the, the, the width of your back and your arms match your triceps. I mean, everything just has mm-hmm. to match and look just has a good flow to it. Conditioning, that's getting rid of all your body fat, all mm-hmm. your subcutaneous body fat. You know, that way the muscles and the striations and the fibers all come out and then sheer size. So those are the three things you're absolutely judged on. And then there's some other things that you look at that, uh, you know, some stage presentation, you know, you want to see people out there that are confident and they're having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, you know, flows to the physique. You know, somebody can look really good up front, but they can turn to a side and just fall apart. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different parts of that. But the, but ideally for, for, for open men's bodybuilding, it's just sure size for me. And then throw in some good conditioning, some good shape, and then balance. That's all. So. <laughs> getting rid of the fat. That's something I'm struggling with so hard, especially since like Thanksgiving and Christmas. But see, you look that's like just, you've got a body part where you can put on muscle fairly easy. Yeah. It's just probably hard. If you were to try to get in the contest shape, oh, no. it'd probably be a little bit more more cardio than yes. needed, probably less car, you know, calories to be able to get, get to that, yeah. that nitty-gritty. I can eat so much. Like last night at work, I had probably four sandwich, like four just meat-packed sandwiches, two big containers of tomato soup. And then I was at the end of it. I was still hungry. I had a PB and J. I'm like, I could still eat. And I, I ended up going back and sneaking some more chicken. And I think that's wild that you just said that. I'm not a big eater. You're not a big eater. No. So for me to eat six times a day, I, I just don't have a big appetite. So you're having six small meals a day. Yeah. I mean, eight, eight to ten ounces of protein. Okay. And then you know, a cup to two cups of rice or oatmeal. You know, depending upon where I'm at within the season, but. Just a lot of food to process. It's a ton of food just to even eat. <laughs> I like to eat big meals. I'll go eat. I'll eat a whole large pizza by myself. But now I'm, I'm going to Fogo de Chow and you know and sit there for three hours. And eat. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm good for that once a week. You know, uh, but the problem is, is I won't be hungry for another six hours after that. Really? Yeah. You know, my body just doesn't process. And I'll, I'll this is not metabolizing digestive enzymes. You know, I'll throw mm-hmm. in everything I can to help break it down and speed really? up the process. But, so you're going down to more of a molecular level when you're trying to control what you're taking in mm-hmm. for food so do you do you contact do you have contact into a doctor that you go see to talk about what your meal regimens are at all or or the types of food you're eating and the breakdowns of the metabolism in that do you do you seek doctors help with that or uh, doctor help is just for blood work right okay. and just keeping everything internally in balance it's extremely uh, diet wise i just i know my body I've been, mike francois was my, my coach for mm-hmm. a few years uh, you know, he won the Arnold Classic uh, back in 94, I believe it was. Wow. Um, great bodybuilder. You know, but even, you know, having guys like that on your team, they don't know how food processes th- like mm-hmm. I do, right? You know, I've been a coach, and I've had a Team Bowers team of 8 and yeah. 10, of, you know, at an amateur level, pro level, you know, type athletes. So uh, I'm pretty good at it. We all seek opinions of the other NPC judges and, and, mm-hmm. and some of the other pros that you know. Just getting outsider, you know, you know reviews and mm-hmm. thoughts. 
but ideally I, I just like to stick I just stay in my own lane and uh, yeah. I know my body better than anybody else for sure but That's awesome. uh, but yeah when it comes to just keeping everything else balanced you know I, I put like you and I had talked I pull my blood work every three months mm-hmm. um, you know the, but everything's naturally you know that I try to bring everything in you know you know from liver detoxes and improving my HDL and LDL mm-hmm. and all that stuff is just every athlete just needs to be aware of, of what's going on and simply do the fact that you know when you're processing six meals a day through your body mm-hmm. and you know all these different type of shakes and pre-workouts I mean it's just taxing and your body's yeah. not supposed to process that much so there will be inflammation there's a lot yes. of other things that you have to watch so with with a lot of that stuff I know when I was trying to put on put on size I, I was getting up to about 250 255 pounds I felt great I had a ton of muscle on of course I was so heavy but I was eat, the food that I was eating chicken and rice steak and rice with broccoli, sometimes asparagus. And I try to have my steak earlier in the mornings because it was a slower metabolizing meat. And I'd have my chickens in the evenings or chicken in the evening. And I'd have my, my uh, casein protein at night. Then I do my isolate in the morning and my weight during the day. The biggest thing for me was the constant repetition and the same food all the time. Do you ever run into that problem that you're just, you're eating the same thing or do you change it up? I mean, I change it up, but but what you just said is awesome because everything you just said is facts. I mean, it's just as simple as I mean, everything. (laughs) I better now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, maybe throw some fish in there outside of that. You know, some carbs and some fats. (laughs) But but yeah, you know, there's there's only about six to seven foods that I stick with when it's time to get into shape because that's just what works, right? You know, if you're into bodybuilding because you like to eat and like to eat various kinds of food, then you're in the wrong sport. You know, (laughs) really, you just eat to fuel yourself, right? So if you want to grow and get better. Unfortunately, you got to be good at dieting. You mm-hmm. absolutely have to be good at dieting. Yeah, you got to be like strict with dieting because, like, not only just being good. It's like to me, I love chocolate, but I'm lactose intolerant. So like every time I have, I love ice cream and chocolate. So I just I get a ton <laughs> of ice cream. I'll get a half gallon container. That's gone. If I get a full gallon, I mean I'm working on. I'm working hard to demolish that ice cream, and then I'm eating chocolate with it. And then I'm like. <sighs> Now I got to really focus on my diet, right. and now yeah. I got to really focus on kicking tomorrow's butt. I got to really focus on getting getting into the gym early in the morning and and hitting the stairmaster. And, and a lot of that stuff is with the job I have, guys mm-hmm. that I've seen and pe- the, some of the people we go on. It's just it comes down to a lot of the confidence. It comes down to getting into a gym. I know for me, when I first went to a gym, I was a I, I was a skinny fat. You know, because I lost all my fat from when I was a kid, and then I, I was getting into the weird adult years where I'm starting to get a little bit of muscle, but I'm not. You know, I don't look good at all. I cook a potato, and it's. I go to a gym, and I'm intimidated because I see all these guys that are in shape, and and they're able to to hone in on their diets. They're they're able to hone in on on what they're doing at the gym. They're focused, and then there's me. So, what what's some advice that you would give to somebody that was like me at that point? That when they're starting out, what, what's some good advice that you would give them? Well, first off, I think that only folks that have that similar opinion of going into the gym is being intimidated is something that you're just carrying that load on yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think people should never do that, you know, because at any level, everybody's in there just to encourage it. Like, I mean, heck, Matt, if you, you come up and ask me to spot you, heck yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd love to help you out. And you know what? I loved if you asked a question, or you know what I mean. That's just, I know I have before a couple of years ago. I asked you about uh, deadlifts, and you were showing me like different alternatives to deadlifts, which I still do today. That really helped me out. I ended up having back surgery, and afterwards, I'm like, I'm going back to do rack pulls. Yeah. I did rack pulls, and I feel great. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just wish more that. people were more open to it. And I think a lot of people are fearful of going to the gym because of those insecurities. I mean, mm-hmm. we all got insecurities in a lot of different things. But when I walk into a gym, you know, outside of just talking for the first ten minutes, get warmed up, seeing everybody. <laughs> Then it's time to put the headphones on and get to work, you know. Yeah. And I can tell you, I probably don't know who's in the gym the next 55 to, you know, an hour and 10 minutes because you're just pure focused. And mm-hmm. I think it's what people need to focus on more is stick to that regimen. If you got a coach or you got somebody who's got a plan for yourself, have a plan to get in there. Have a plan on what you're going to do. But put your head down and get through it. Don't get distracted because once you get distracted, mm-hmm. you know, oh, it goes you're, you're it just goes in trouble. You're absolutely in trouble. And please don't, you know, don't ever hesitate to ask anybody in the gym, you know, for mm-hmm. any help. Any advice? Now, if their headphones are on and I'm 30 minutes into it, I'm on my eighth set of squats mm-hmm. at 495 pounds. And you're you know, dripping sweat. You might not want to come over and tap me on the shoulder because you're a little, little bit in the game. Yeah. You know, um, but I would hide. There's there's always opportunity. There's always opportunity mm-hmm. to get better. So that's uh, that's my thought. That, that's, that's actually great advice because just recently I started doing that. And I've been going to the gym for a few years now. I'm nowhere near the level you are. Or a lot of other guys that they go like Nate Epler, that dude's a beast. I know I've asked him a couple questions, and the guy he would hang out with his name's Peter, and I, 
But there's there's been a few times now that in the past month or two that I've just you know try to try to just get in there real quick and be like, hey man, I I know you're taking a break real quick, but what are you doing? Like, what, what how what are you hitting right now? What what is this activating? How do you feel that it works? And hey, I'm hitting back today. Do you got any advice? Like, what do you want to like? How do you blow up your back at the end of a workout? Yep. And just the other day, a guy gave me some great advice. I'm like, I'll go do that. And I did that, and I felt amazing. And and I bet whenever you ask that question, and I bet. I bet everybody just lights up just because, you know, people that know how to navigate their way around yeah. the gym, you know, they want to help people out. Yeah. So that would be, that would be something for me. Like to me, it would be if a guy came up to me and said, Hey man, what are you doing? I'd be like, well, thank you. Like I've worked pretty hard for this. And even though recently, you know, I've, I've gained, you know, I've lost some muscle mass, I gained some fat and I'm trying to get back into it now. But like, that would make me feel really cool. Hello. But the, the biggest problem for me would be is for a lot of people that are trying to get into the journey of physical fitness, just bettering themselves with their health and then just getting into the gym is I'd say a lot of it is insecurities. Like you just said. So does the great Dave Bowers have insecurities? Um, physique wise. Yeah, I mean, we're, that's the, that's the funny part is that you're, you're never, you're, you're never happy. You know, the, no. what's, what's that term? Everybody says the day you, you know, you start lifting weights is the day you're forever small. <laughs> right. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, yeah. I, I mean, you know, even, you know, I won Mr. Indiana in 2016, the you know, best I've ever looked. And uh, I don't look like that now. You know what I mean? You can only look like that for a short period of time. Um, I'm, I'm happy with my physique. Am I you know, ready to step on stage and win some competitions? Absolutely not. Um, that, that's ah. now, So no insecurities. Uh, sometimes there's insecurities on, on how you feel. Now, I'm, I'm 39 years old. I'll be 40 this year. You know, I've been fighting elbows and shoulders. And I was playing volleyball with my daughters about a month ago. And threw my arm out, so my really? knees are aching. You know, that's where some insecurities are starting to set yeah. in, is that, you know what, I might not be as good as I was a couple of years ago if I wanted to dig yeah. down and get some because I'm hurting. You know what I mean? My body's hurting, <laughs> and how much more can my body hold up? Yeah. Um, but no, I, 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 May 8th, I've got an yeah. event May 8th that's 16 yeah. weeks out. So you can you can certainly uh, you got oh. four months we can put you down uh, Indiana Convention Center. I have no you, idea about that. <laughs> I don't know. You can do board shorts. You can do bodybuilding, classic physique. You know. <laughs> I have no clue that that to, I have no idea if I could even. I don't even know if I have the confidence to step up on a stage. Yeah. I I am that is something I am terrified of. Like I could sit here and I'll talk. You know, to, which I'm envious of yeah. how he does this. Yeah. I, you know, no, don't I'm even absolutely. No. I get ner- I get nervous doing this, but like in my head, probably no one's gonna watch it. Like that's what I tell myself. Yeah. No one's gonna watch. No one's gonna watch. But like, people are watching. Like on the sta- like you're standing on stage. I've been there in this in the stands, sitting there watching people and like thinking, this guy has got enormous pair. Like. He's standing up there and just letting people just look at him at, at every detail. And like, mm, his chest ain't big enough. And then I'd be like, to me, that hurt my feelings. Be like, <laughs> well, I worked out pretty hard. Thank you very much. Like, that's, that's just me. But I've, I did tell a, a buddy of mine, at some point in my life, I do want to do one show. That'd be at, cool. At some That'd point in my cool. life, I want to, like what you just said like earlier, you, you, you want to get out of your comfort zone. And that's to, something that I've always wanted to do at some point in my life. Am I ready for it yet? Who knows? Maybe I'll have to think about that one. I think. But I think if you break, if you if you don't break it down, and you look at, all right, I'm going to compete in August. I got an August mm-hmm. event, right? I'm going to compete in August. That's that's just a big piece to eat in mm-hmm. one chomp, right? Mm-hmm. But if all of a sudden you said, you know what, this time next week, you know, I want to eat six out of seven days really good, and you can move that one week to a month. And next thing you know, you're looking good, and then you got people saying, hey, you know, Matt, you're ready. You know, then set your yeah. sights. It's always just a small growth and small goals. Live every day for every single day, but win the day. You know, that way when you put your head on the pillow yeah. at night, you won that day. You put about 120 of those days together, you're ready. You know, so just break <laughs> it down. Awesome. I, that way it just isn't so big in your head. Yeah. But I'd like to ask you, I know uh, oh, course, I know yeah. we had we had jumped off and back on, because I am envious of this. I think this is yeah. really radical what he I does. I appreciate that, man. Uh, really cool. So what got you into this? I mean, that, that's, oh, yeah. this, is, this well, is super cool. Okay, so uh, I've always been a big fan of podcasts. I've always been a big fan of small media. I don't like major media. I don't like big media. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like watching the news. I, I don't like anything that's large. I like watching the small guy. I like, I like rooting for the small guy. I'm an underdog. I like seeing the, I like seeing the guys that are doing their own private their news, like just doing it from home. I like seeing listening to people's stories. Everybody in the entire world has a story. I don't care how boring of a person you think you are. You've got a story. 
and it should be told at some point in your life. It should be told. You've got a story. I think it's, I think it's a pretty cool story. I think it should be told. So I was listening to podcasts, of course, Joe Rogan experience. And I listened to Jocko Willink every once in a while and then cleared hot as a military one. I listened to, and, um, I was listening to those. I'm like, man, I can't think of anybody around here that I know other than one, one other guy, his name, his name's Aaron Wester that does a podcast talking to any and everybody. That's cool. And the only one he does is for hunting. And I'm like, I want to do one that I talk to anybody because yeah, I talk cool. to anybody anyways. Yeah. I'll go up and I'll, I try not to interrupt people's conversations, but I go up and start talking to people and I just start asking questions about their life. And the, and what really jump started this was I was driving all my way to my parents' house to go pick up the mowing equipment to go out and mow a few houses. And there's a guy I mow for, his name's Steve Dillman, and he is an IFD firefighter for like 32 years. And he was at the busiest firehouse at Station 27 for as a lieutenant for 22 years. Incredible man. Firefighter of the year twice there. Yeah. He's made plenty of rescues, made the front page. Like he's When you think of a fireman, he won't ever tell you. You think of a fireman, <laughs> it's him in the dictionary. Like oh, This is cool. the guy that, that he's just incredible. Incredibly humble, nice man. And I want... He, when I first got hired at the department I work at, he was a he he retired from Indianapolis and then came to that department and I worked at that department and he basically put me under his wing, him and a couple other guys, but mainly him, and said I'm going to teach you how to be a good fireman, just the basics, and the mindset, the cur- the courage, the bravery, the stability, and what I can do in training and implying it to real life situations a lot of it came from him and i got i went to apply for the full-time spot there and i ended up getting it i owe a lot to him he he just he helped me out and he's just got an incredible story he's been on so many fires at indianapolis that he has forgotten about more fire than i'll ever see in my life (laughs) and he's got incredible stories and i and i just told myself people need to hear more of his stories there's already been articles and stuff done and he's had he's had interviews done he's He's in the Indianapolis Fire Museum. Like he's oh, he's wow. that old, but he uh, an incredible dude is consistently kicking cancer's ass. He's had cancer multiple times. He's I believe he's still got it now, and he's still doing chemo treatments. And the dude's a beast. And his story I want it to be told even more. And just whenever I hear him talk, it just it just brings me joy because I look to him like you know like somewhat as a father figure as well in the fire service. Cause I've got my real dad, of course, and he's an amazing man. But in the in the fire service, I really got nobody. Yeah. So it's it's him. So I wanted to tell his story. So with him having uh, cancer and then COVID hitting, I had to wait until COVID was over. And of course, it's not over. So I still have to wait until thing, things are more safe for him. And once once that all clears up, then I'll have him on. And I'll, well, that's cool. That'll be a huge that'll be a huge day for me to have him on because he's just been such an inspirational person for me. So. That's why. <laughs> so as a kid, and 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 I, and, I, and I like to tell my daughters this, and, and this question's back to yeah. you. You know, we 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 would pull into Lake Winoka, and you know, I'd see a basketball court of twelve people. Like mm-hmm. pulling in, I'd look at my mom and dad and be like, "I'm going to be friends with every single person <laughs> out there." Was you that kid? Like, like oh man, you know, if I if I get in an elevator, I'm sitting there like, oh, or I in a sauna to. gym or something <laughs> yeah. like. I'm a talker, you know. Yeah. I like to, I like to get to know people just like you. Exactly. Is, is that kind? Of, was that kind of like you your whole life since you were My a kid? My parents would probably have a better answer. I have the worst <laughs> memory possible. Oh, I don't okay. remember anything, but um, I do know that I was annoying. I talked all the time. Me and Nick talked. If it wasn't, if we weren't talking to each other, we were talking to ourselves. Yeah. And if we weren't talking to somebody else, we were talking to ourselves. And I know that we talked a lot, but the biggest thing that really set us apart in our life. Cause I just recently, uh, the last guest I had on his name is Jay, uh, Hart. And he was telling me, he's like, you guys are kind of popular. And I'm like, no, we're not like we're me and Nick are losers, man. Like no one's calling to ask us to hang out. And he's like, no, you guys are popular. You go up and talk to people. I'm like, yeah, like I guess that's true. Like any, any situation where there's people, I want to go talk to them. That's just awesome. like what you were saying. Yep, that's incredible. And when I'm in the sauna, there's people in there, bro. Like, I'm going to talk to you. Like, whether you're saying anything back, I'm going to ask you questions about your life. Hey, man, what do you do for a living? Where, where do you go to college? Yep. What do you go for college for? That's awesome, dude. Like, it's it. Whenever I, I'll, I'll bring this back to you real quick. Well, of course, this is all about you, anyways. But when I was going through my issue with my back, I had, uh, I ended up getting a back surgery done. I had a laminectomy, something, something. I called it a bacchiotomy, and I couldn't use my right leg at all. During that time, I was like, I need help. 
I saw you at the gym. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're doing something right. So I'm like, that's why I walked up to you. And it was it was tough to walk up to you because you're intimidating to look at. I remember, I remember I tapped you in the arm and shoulder, and it was as hard as a rock. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no, all right, I don't no. know. I don't want him to eat me. So I said, sir, I'm sorry to bother you. But I have this issue. I'm trying to build the muscles in my back and my hamstrings. What's something good I can do? And it made me feel really good that you had a great response. You even showed me how to do the workout. Mm-hmm. And that's stuck with me ever since. That's cool. Yeah. So that's why I was super excited that you would come on to this. And, but for people like people like you is what really helps bring, so brings up people's self esteem and secure self insecurities and the confidence in the gym because you're just a regular guy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a regular dude. Like I'm nobody <laughs> special. But like just to to talk to people and bring each other up, that it's just an environment. Like when you go into the gym, like it's just an environment. When you go into a gym. And everyone's like smiling, and like you get a nod from another big dude, you're like, "I'm, I'm one of those guys." <laughs> like to me, that stuff is awesome, yeah. and like that—that's what really intrigued me about about you, because I was because you were that guy. Like you're you're kind of like a. Uh, I wrote it down. I wrote it down because I was like, <laughs> oh, "What was it? I can't remember the name of it." I'll have to I'll have to remember it. I'll have to remember. I'll figure it out. Right but man, you're yeah. you're one of those guys in the gym that you're the leader. Like guys are looking, guys are in the gym working out, and they're not looking in the mirror and looking at the skinny guy. And they're like, I want to look like him. They're yeah. they're looking. They see you at the gym. They're like, I want to look like that guy. Oh, I and that. it's just. But it you know, I'm cool. the guy too, though. You know, and, and it's a great story. We were at Key West over Thanksgiving, and uh, you know, me and my wife went to a real nice dinner. We get done with the dinner. We're kind of walking, uh, uh, walking to Wall Street, and all of a sudden, I, I see a big dude, and no, no different than it was at Lake Winona as a kid. I'm yeah. like, look at my wife. I'm like, I bet that guy's got a great story, right? Yeah. So we were. I'm like, you know what? Let's let's go in here. Let's try this out. So I'm standing behind the guy in line, and somehow I was able to get some small talk generated. Next thing you know, me and him are good buddies now. You know, yeah. He actually ended up buying my dinner that night, which was kind of wild. <laughs> That's awesome. But, you know, I'm the same guy, yeah. too. That I just admire the discipline, especially yeah. in the gym. And uh, I think that we all should, you know, I think it's kind of a little bit cool, a little, I don't want to say clicky, but, you know, I think it's a really cool team of people. You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like that military feel or the fire, you yeah, know, fighting feel, the brotherhood. Yeah, it's probably it's a, brotherhood a, better, there. a better term. but And that's why I highly encourage, I think, uh, now, it, you know, my my goal in life is really to, and that's kind of a reason why I'm here, mm-hmm. is stepping outside my comfort zone, is to influence people. You know, I'm a professional business guy in, in the logistics world. Uh, I've got four awesome daughters. I've been around the world and bodybuilding in different realms from the business side of it. And as a bodybuilder, you know, I'm a go, 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 go guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, people need to have some confidence and comfort that that is a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And I think that people do need some motivating professionals behind them to help them get better yeah. and better. So hopefully, you know, if somebody was to listen to this story and they thought it was cool and it gets them up out of bed at 445 in the morning because that's when I get up and I start hitting my grind and makes them better people, not just as, you know, physique people or dads or husbands or whatever that is. That's why I'm kind of starting to open myself up more to this kind of that's stuff. Awesome. And I admire it. I just think yeah. it's, it takes a whole nother, another world of guts, you know, because I'm kind of an old man now, I feel, you know. <laughs> Uh, for me to figure this whole stuff out. Same thing with social media. You know, I yeah. struggle with it. You know, even it's though I'm a tough. promoter, right? You know, I promote yeah. four, you know, three amateur shows in a body. But so my job is to get stuff out there, and uh, you know, I personally struggle with it. And the reason why I struggle with it's no different than my old man. Oh, we don't need that. You know, you know, you want to get out and talk to people. Yeah, a lot more than just you know. Yeah, you know, I'd say what well, when you want to go out and to talk to somebody though, that's a huge difference than to just post something on on Instagram, which I don't have Instagram. Post something on Twitter. Post something on Facebook. It's different if you're going out and you're saying it. Yeah, true. Like, it's a huge difference. Like, even let's go with uh, local politics. Let's say you got a politician that's running, and he puts out a post. Hey, guys, vote for me. Hey, really, I hope I get to meet you one day. Or do you want to see the guy that's knocking on doors coming to your house yeah. and saying, hey, man, I'm running for office. I'm doing this and this. And then what's your name? And then like... You're making this personal now, like. Yeah, yeah. That's but, what, but you got to be good at both thing. in this world. You do have to be good at both yes. <laughs> in this world. I think you got to be good at both. Yeah, I am especially not good at for like the IFBB event. That's a worldwide event. How do I get people in Egypt? How do I get people? In yeah. Egypt? So how like how, how do, do I you get do that? you know? Right now, it's just just it's just, it's just the media marketing that the, the IFBB gives me a platform mm-hmm. for, and then word of mouth is the other side. I mean, social media. You know, you got so you got guys from all over the world coming. Absolutely, out. absolutely. That is. Can you? Okay. So <laughs> no, I know we're going all yeah, over the place. No, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> this is our, this is our thing today. This is our it's our talk. It's 
Okay, so having people coming in from all over the world with tensions in certain parts of the world, what is it like having everybody come in to one area for one one building for one thing? And I've, I know I've watched some of the documentaries and seeing the guys from all different sorts of countries coming in, and you're seeing the smiling faces. Then you're seeing the guys that are there; to, they're competing. Right. They are serious. But what's it like having everybody from all over the world? Because from countries that are at at odds with each other, what is it like seeing them all together in one room or one building? That's, a great, that like? that's a great question. I, I can only give it from my point of view. You know, mm-hmm. in in that day, you know, it's 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 my event, right? I'm there to make sure that these athletes are happy. You know, if you if you decide to come in from Japan to to compete for your qualification and you traveled across the world, you know, you would hope that somebody's really going to take care of you. So for me to sit back and observe. I'm more working for these guys, making mm-hmm. sure everybody's happy, happy, make sure the spectators, the sponsors, you know, everybody's off and running. I've not had any issues backstage. I mean, some people, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're there to make checks and they're there yeah. to make money. And they do make money. Actually, yeah. you know, I hand out $20,000 to my really? top five guys in, in open bodybuilding. You know, wow. I mean, that's a lot of money just for top five. And that comes that's out of my ton. bank account, right? So, um, so it's very competitive, but there's different people have different personalities. You know, my champion, Steve Kuklo, he's won the past two years. Uh, and then last year we had to cancel because of COVID. Uh, great guy. I, I get down to Dallas, Texas, you know, on business. And guess what? Once, a, once every couple months, we're going out to dinner. Really? And we're, we're going to nice steakhouses. And we're, you know, we're buddies. Like, we just turned yeah. into being just really good buddies. And he's number six in the world last year. Really? You know, I got six at the Olympia. I mean, you're great, great, great guys. These that's guys are inc- awesome people. I mean, just just great. Incredible. And I'm I'm so blessed to be in this kind of position because I can manage it well from a business side. And then I'm a little Dave Bowers bodybuilding enthusiast since I was 18, 19 years old, right? So so it's the best of both worlds. But these guys are awesome. They're absolutely awesome. So that if you haven't incredible. watched the bodybuilding show, if you're here in Indianapolis, Indiana Convention Center, May 8th, and then uh, August 21st. Come down and support the athletes. I definitely want awesome. to come. You better be yeah, there. I, I better. You be better there. be there. If I'm, if I know if I'm off, if not, I'll get that day off. But I really want to go and see that because that stuff to cheer those guys on. Like most, I don't know ninety nine percent of those guys, but like I sit there and I clap. <laughs> Good for you, bud. Like, uh, but well, it, I mean, you got to think when these guys come in. These they're, they're 270, 280, yes. 290 on stage. And when they walk out and they'll hit you know a three minute routine, mm-hmm. they'll slam their leg down, shake it, flex it. I mean. The whole place to see Rups. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It is, it's cool. It takes an enormous amount of confidence to throw that leg down. Like, mine, mine would not sound like that. If I did that, it would not sound like. So, not yet. So what we'll do is we'll do a follow up to this uh, 60, 90 days, you know right? What? And then I might uh, be up for that. And we'll see where Matt's at. So that's all you need. You just need yeah. a little challenge. You yeah, need a little little competitive challenge. You know what? I, I I'll take you up on that one. I'll I'll, it, be, well, I'll be. You know, here's, another, here, you here's, here's an absolute note. Yeah. I've got a gym in my basement. I love working out with people. You know, I yeah. absolutely, I've got so many. I, I work out, I bet you, five to six different people a month. Really? Absolutely. I love working out with different people. I'm always going to learn something. There's always a high level of energy. So please, yeah. you know, if you're ever at a gym and you see a, a, a good-looking girl that's got a great physique, you know, yeah. hey, ask her, hey, one of these days I'm struggling on shoulder work. You know, can we get a lift in? I, I bet nine out of ten, and there's always a couple of those knuckleheads. Yeah. They're like, heck yeah, I'd love to help you out. Man. Think about that. That's I, awesome. I know I have asked a girl one time for, uh, I asked her for a quad workout. Because I saw her quads were just Girls enormous. love leg workouts. Leg workouts other are people. incredible for them. Anytime I train with females, that's all they ever want to work out. Yeah. Is lower body. Why is that? Because the intensity of a male super heavyweight bodybuilder mm-hmm. and squats and deadlifts and straight legs and all that cool <laughs> stuff, you know, they love it. They want that push, right? Yeah. And, and females, if you look if you look at the sport of bodybuilding and judging for the bikini division, 60% of it's from the waist down. Really? Absolutely. I didn't know that. I yeah. just, I know that their legs are incredibly strong for, yeah. for the, their weight and their size. Their, and now, of course, your, your quad's the biggest, that's the biggest muscle in the body. But for women, that's like where their power is yep. for women. Because like, Go back in history; they had to run a lot and do and take care of the children, carry all that stuff, and and just even now, like my wife, she doesn't work out very much, but I guarantee you, I take her into the gym; she can probably push on leg press at least two hundred pounds. Yep. I know that confidently. That's awesome, and I that's cool. I, I know I've asked I know I've asked girls before, like how did you get your legs to look like that? Because I want my legs to look cool, like cool like that. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think for? 
you, you, you mentioned women in bodybuilding. What do you think the stigma is for women in bodybuilding? Because I know I've seen on social media people being the keyboard warriors and seeing a girl bodybuilder and just the dogging on her, just being rude and saying, I can't believe you want to look like a man. What, what do you see any more of that on the, for the females at all? Or do you see more of stuff against the males in bodybuilding? Um, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, I, I, you know, I we were down, um, like Destin this past year. I mean, even if I take my shirt off and, and I'm walking down a beach or whatever, you know, you always get terrible comments. People, what? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. What are some of the things I get? That I get, I get, I get more bad comments. I don't want to say more bad comments than good ones, but it, they're yeah, you know, just other alpha males that you know just feel like they need to challenge you. you know, they'll yell triceps and they'll yell, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know, we're, we're you know, it's just all those little little yeah. jokes, etc. But to get back on track, you know, with female bodybuilding, it's just not big mainstream because mm-hmm. you know females. Well, we've all been kind of taught, you know, that uh, you know females should be softer. You know, mm-hmm. they should be more delicate. So when they start to see, you know, women, they get extremely big. There's some jealousy involved, and it's just not really socially accepted. Yes, you know, I, would yeah, say that. I, I know you'd mentioned a couple of times about me wearing a jacket. You know, I wear a suit every day. I wear a yeah. suit. Um, Is that thing tailored to, church, to you? Tailored to me? Is that yeah. tailored to you? Oh I, yeah, but I, here's, I can't but, fit you. But, but but here's here's my yeah. point behind that is is the stereotype of bodybuilders, like I said, is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of shunned and looked at and. The reason why I wear suits and I try to dress nice because I'm actually a professional person at heart. I don't want to be known as Dave the bodybuilder. The stereotype of, you know, he's uneducated and all you can do is put muscle on. That's not me. That's why I dress up nicer. You know, if I was to walk into a car dealership with a wife beater on trying to get a Cadillac CT6V, you know, it's probably not going to be as a good transition or transaction as it would be walking in with a suit on. People don't take you as serious for me in my belief of stereotypes for bodybuilders. So that's true. I just try to go against that grain. You know, I cut my hair every seven days and I keep it, you know, clean cut. Yeah. I try to look professional. So I think a lot of that is if you have women bodybuilders that have great physiques, when they go out showing it off, people are just not socially accepted. Um, and there's other divisions that are probably just as bad. Mm-hmm. There's jealousy. There's just this is a crazy world we live in. But I think You're we right. all. But I think we all own our own stereotypes. Yes. You know, and I think that we all can fight against those stereotypes. With you bringing up receiving comments from people when you're going to the beach, taking your shirt off, and you're walking around, I know for me it's like, "What's up, fatty?" And I'm like, "Cause that's what I hear all the time at work." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I got some pudge on me." What are some comments that just make you roll your eyes that people say to you? It's the drug comments. You know, drug I mean, I've, I've been in this thing for 20 years. You know, everybody thinks that, you know what, I can look like that if I took drugs for a year. <laughs> that's that's the frustrating things. And, and, and your kids are around. You know, yeah. you know I mean, you, know, you, you, you Google me on, you know, the kids in school are Googling my name in front of my other kids. And, you know, they, really? they, they try to poke fun. And I've been very successful at what I'm doing. You know, but it's just it's a lot of, it, you know, it's just a lot of that bad stuff. You know, my wife, she'll still... Say to this day, she don't like to look at people in her eye when we're walking through the mall, because really? people stop and they do that whole turn around. And but then there's some cute things too when little kids come, like, hey, you know, <laughs> you know that stuff. All that yeah. stuff's you fun. You look like a superhero to them. It's like, just when people try to pick on you. Just like no, yeah. no difference if it would be if you were in high school or mm-hmm. at a job. You know, it's just you know, there's just no room for that. You know, that's bad energy. Do you ever feel like there's times where someone comes up to you, asks you a couple of questions, or just asks you anything, and you felt like you've really given really good advice to them that they've just taken it to heart? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, a lot of that's hit or miss. The, the thing is, the questions that everybody asks, they're just asking for that that special pill, that special exercise. That's spe- yeah. if I did this one deadlift, if I did rack pulls, you know, is my back gonna look like yours? You know, people are just looking for that. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's just hard work. Put the six meals in your mouth. Get your cardio in. You know, take, take 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 care of yourself. Be consistent, and then literally, people don't want to hear that. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of people say, "Hey, man, can you write me a diet?" I bet I've written up eight hundred diets for free, just to help people out. Same thing with workouts, and I bet seven hundred and ninety of those people are probably asking for that same diet plan from every other person in the world every couple of years. Well, there goes my question about if you could write me up a diet. <laughs> but the only thing that's frustrating is the time, yeah. right? I mean, it take, yeah. it take me 45 minutes to an hour of my time to put that stuff together. Yeah. And people just don't take it serious. But they just want, they hope to look at it and it's like, oh, you know what? If I eat more kale, I would They want like to see that simple thing like, you know yeah. what? I'm already doing half of this. Like, Because mm-hmm. I know I, I had a buddy of mine. We're not friends anymore, sadly. But he wrote me up a diet plan and I looked at it and I, and I kind of turned it away. And I was like... I'm not doing all that. And he's like, you got to do that if you want to get big. I'm like, 
all right, man, I'll do it. And I, right. I tried it out. I did it for three months and I did see results. I saw incre- the first month. I didn't see anything. Now with somebody did, I asked some guys at work if some questions that they thought of for you, because I kind of showed them who you were. I hope you don't mind. I kind of exported you a little bit. And I said, Hey, what yeah. questions would you ask this guy? And one of them was, well, actually a few of them have been, what would, how long does it take for you to see results that you want? Is it, is it a couple of weeks? Is it a couple of months? If you're wanting to build mass and then on the reverse side on cutting, what, what, how long does it take you to see results? Cause I know a lot of guys will be out there. They're, they're hitting it hard and then they just, they see themselves every day and they're not seeing results. Yeah. So do you have any of those there, issues? There's, or? there's a, there's a sweet three to four week sweet spot. If you actually diet the way you're supposed to and you mm-hmm. follow a program and you follow your training, if you do everything like you're supposed to do, in my opinion, and this isn't just Dave Bowers' physique, this is working with a lot of a mm-hmm. lot of good people, by that third or fourth week, your body should really start to change. The difficult part is once you hit about that sixth and seventh week, now you're hitting plateaus. Then you got to make those adjustments. you got to do other things mm-hmm. to be able to stimulate more muscularity growth or loss of fat, whatever your yeah. goals are. But if you if you can if you can stick in four weeks, and here's the thing, here's the coolest part about I, I love about this sport is I don't do it every day just to look at myself. What's cool is if I'm walking, I don't know, get my hair cut at Great Clips, and all of a sudden I'll catch a, a, a three quarter shot of myself, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm looking a little bigger. It's those little <laughs> yeah. wins, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I'm not a poser. I don't pose in front of the, the mirror daily and weekly and stuff like that. But you know, when you look down, you're like, man, I'm starting to tighten up, and you know it's because mm-hmm. of what you've done. Those are awesome wins. That's that's what I absolutely that love awesome. and die for. Yeah. I like walking next to cars because the oh, the that's a cool angle, is, isn't it? Yeah, that's a great angle. Like, man, I'm like, what is it a 24 inch bicep? Yeah, right that there? is like, a great angle. Yeah, yeah. It's so, all. So I, I would say to your, I would say to your buddies, if you, if you're not seeing results by that third or fourth week, mm-hmm. you need to make a change, because in all reality, especially if you haven't been working out or dieting, your body should just grab onto what you're doing pretty quick, and it should move pretty quick. So if it's not, you're doing something wrong. People are afraid to eat. You know, everybody thinks I got to be at 2,000 calories or less. But if you're burning 3,200 calories a day, you need to be at about 3,200 calories a day. And that's the sweet spot, you know, is that you're either anabolic or you're catabolic. Either your body's mm-hmm. eating muscle or you're growing muscle. So if you're in a calorie deficient state by a couple hundred, hundred thousand calories, no. you're not going to grow if that's your goal. Man. That's a struggle. That's that's something that takes a lot of dedication and not just, just eating the food and then that's planning it out. That's mm-hmm. That's taking the time to, to research what food you're going to be to eat, uh, so to me, eating. I love to give this example to everybody. Yeah. In your car outside, does it have a fuel gauge? Of course, yeah. If you don't know what you're putting in your body from calories, fats, proteins, right, carbohydrates, mm-hmm. how in the hell do you expect to look any different three or four weeks from now? If you don't know that you're putting mm-hmm. in 4,200 calories or 2,000 calories, and what that breakdown is, um, the reason why is once you hit that fifth or sixth week, you mm-hmm. need to be able to... Add protein, add some more fats, maybe take away some carbohydrates because you're wanting to hone in a certain look. Mm-hmm. So if you're not gauging that and you're not tracking it or having understanding of what you're doing and putting in your body for that improvement, you're running around in a car with no fuel tank. Like you have no idea. You're lost. You'll never improve. Makes sense, right? Yeah, I that mean, makes it makes a lot of sense. Of, so like what are some things that if if you are in that rut, what how can you how can you recognize? How can I, as a normal guy, how can everyone else, as somebody who's not as knowledgeable as they are in, in health and fitness as you are, how can they recognize that and then make that change? Well, you never want to move any more than probably four to five hundred calories a week. So let's just say, if I had you on three thousand calories and you're putting muscle on good, but you're getting a little fat mm-hmm. along the way, then I, what I would do is I would take two to three hundred calories out on a daily basis and see how your body adapts. And those calories I pull out will be just different macronutrients. But by monitoring, I'll look at the end of the week and say, all right, this is what this is how he moved. It's just you got to keep moving all these different mm-hmm. levers. It's like a game. To get what you want. And then here's the thing yeah. is once you figure that out, like you asked me earlier in the podcast, you yeah. know, who's your coach? Who, I know how, everything that I put in my mm-hmm. body for the past 18 years, I know how my body reacts. It's going to take a coach a couple years to be able to figure that out for me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I work with my own stuff. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? But you have to start somewhere. Everybody has to start somewhere. But you got to be consistent and you got to know what you're putting in your body. And then that's what it does help to get professional help. You know, four mm-hmm. to six weeks in, you don't know which way to pull those levers, then mm-hmm. then you need help. But I'm sure anybody would be willing to help you if they seen if you wrote down everything you ate for four weeks, I'd help anybody out. Yeah. People don't want to do that. No. You know what it's I mean? a lot of work. It's <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> I just like well, like that that gets yep. involved with like uh, journaling. Like I, I, I don't know, do you journal at all? No. No, so a lot of people that I've asked, they don't journal, which that's all right, because I didn't journal up until just a couple months ago. 
and I was listening to a podcast, and it was actually with Matthew McConaughey, which I used to not really like him at all, and then I found out he was more of a Christ follower, and then how dedicated he was to his craft and to his family and God, and I was like, man, that's pretty cool, and he's like, I journal every day, man, and I'm like, all right, so I'm going to try journaling, cool. and yeah. he journaled for a year, like, like since he was 14 or something. So he went back and then he wrote a book on it. So I was like, man, I'm going to start journaling. And I started journaling. And in some of my journals, I'm talking about some of the food I had for that day. And like before, I would document, like when I was trying to keep all, I would just eat the food I was told to eat. Like, because I'm pretty, I'm pretty stupid. And what it comes down to is like, if, if you tell me, I need you to eat two chicken breasts a day. I need you to eat three steaks a week or whatever it is. I can do that. Like, But if you're like, figure out, this is what you got to eat. I'm like, that's a lot of numbers. Well, then you just need and, professional help. Yeah. You're, you're just, you're, you're just <laughs> yeah. a guy that you just yeah. need help. You yeah, know, I just need people, a lot of that help. People, There's people out there that don't People like react that. a lot better because of that. But some people don't have the, the pocketbook to be able to do so. Yeah. Or even just the, the relationships to be able to find somebody that they work mm-hmm. well with. You know, so a lot of people just try to take it on themselves. Me is a, you know, even in the gym or even with food. When I work with people, I, I, I want you to, I know, I know you kind of said you're dumb, but you're not. Oh. But I want you to know when you go out, why are you eating that? Mm-hmm. So that way, whenever I'm not around or you know you haven't seen me in two weeks, that you know if you choose this instead of this, you'll remember that conversation mm-hmm. of why you don't make those decisions, et cetera. Just like training, you know, if you're in there, you know, doing a bicep curl and it's 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 not real strict form and you're moving your shoulders, I'm going to tell you what you're doing. Okay, yeah, you're moving 100 pounds, mm-hmm. but your shoulders are doing 30% of the work and you're not stimulating the growth in your bicep, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So whenever you're in the gym and you go to swing it, which in the last couple is always good, but from rep one to rep 10, you're swinging it. I'm going to be in the back of your head that says, hey, you're not ideally growing biceps, right? You're, yeah. you're It's touching shoulders, there's hip swing, I and mean, there's a lot of crazy things into it, right? Mm-hmm. So That's I just really think when you educate people, as long as they're interested, yes, it, it'll benefit them long term. If if they're showing the if they're showing the dedication and they're putting forth the effort, and yeah. then they're like, they turn to you just be like, hey, can you give me a little bit of help? Like, like you'll see at the gym. Like what I hate seeing, and I don't know if you feel the same way when I see a young guy coming into the gym, high school high school guys coming in, and I mean females too when they come in and they're obviously young and they're out there and they're throwing heavy weight, ego lifting, and it's ego lifting exactly. <laughs> they're throwing heavy weight around. They're they're tossing it up. They're slamming it down. Their their form is incorrect. I, what I want is for people to learn because I've been injured multiple times and and I'm not even a big I'm not even the largest guy but I've been injured and I think that's you know God kind of humbling me to say like hey you need to take care of your body you need to be even more strict on how your form is and you need to be careful in what you're doing and think about it well so when I see guys in the gym I don't know if you feel the same way like I kind of want to go and say hey man like this could really injure yourself but there's always that fine line to, I know I've done it a couple times like hey what you're doing right there bud if, if that's how you want to do it, that's fine. But I've just noticed things. That's how I injured myself, and I have a messed up back from it, and it's with me the rest of my life. Is there ever any times that that you've felt the need or the urge to kind of help somebody with that? Like, I know yeah. that's a really touchy subject on trying to tell somebody how to lift. Well, but but in, in, it's always about are they receptive or not, right? Yeah, and, 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 and my oldest daughter's 17 years old, and, and I think what schools do wrong in some of their programs – is that they always want them to deadlift, squat, yes. and clean three days a week. Yes. Like, no. whoa, no. Yo, yo, you're not a linebacker. You're not being a linebacker. Like, there's just no it's, reason to do that kind cre- of power. It's incredible to me that they teach them to do that. And, and that, it blows my mind. So my daughter comes home, right, you know, and, and, and I'm a champion bodybuilder. I've done real well. <laughs> and she'll come home, and I get a gym in my basement. I've got a deadlift platform in my basement. Mm-hmm. And she'll get in there, and she'll start swinging around, you know, these three different big compound movements. And for me to even talk to my own kid – Versus even talking to a kid in the gym, I can be very delicate. Why is that? Because I don't want her to go to school and be like, my dad's this and he says this. I don't want any type of confrontation that way because no one's ever going to teach these coaches whys and why nots. They're, they're probably just dads that have been coaching for 10 years and that's just what they were taught as kids to do. And that's why I think when a lot of kids get into the gym, when they play baseball, football, and yeah. basketball, they see it as ego lifting because guess what? It's one rep maxes. It's it's all big heavy compound movements. That's all they know. So when they get into the gym, if they're there just a week or two, maybe a couple months, no. But if you start to see them around a lot and you kind of get them to open up, then absolutely one hundred percent 
try to help that young man or young lady out. Yeah. But typically we see six or seven of these guys come in only on spring break. They're on their phones. <laughs> There's seven of them around yes. the bench, right? Yes. You know, they got the worst form in the world, and they shouldn't be pushing that kind of heavy weight. In situations like that, I'm not going to be able to help anybody out. I'm going to take a, I'm gonna have to take my oldest daughter's approach there and just kind of – if, it, if, it, if the opportunity presents itself, I'd certainly give my opinion. Uh, but I don't think we're changing anybody's way of training that day. I, oh, I don't. Yeah, I agree. Because to me, uh, what happens is, like, I wasn't taught that stuff when I was younger. I wasn't taught the, like, hey, man, you got to worry about your form. I was throwing heavy weight when I was out of high school and I started working at the fire department. I was throwing some heavy, heavy weight, and I should have been throwing yeah. And and it's not like my form was incredibly horrible, but it would be eh, okay and it would be decent. But it's just those small incremental movements. If I'm a little bit too far leaning forward doing a deadlift, there's a possibility I can push out a disc. And that happened. Yeah. And it horribly happened. And a lot of that stuff comes down to just a lack of training early on in my life mm-hmm. at school when I had gym class. They, they, all they care about is just, the, just throw as much weight as you can, do as whatever you want, and you're trying to lift it. Now that uh, comes down to myself being, you know, immature and and wanting to be the strongest guy in there, which I never was in high school, but wanting to throw the heaviest weight around, and I didn't care what my form looked like. And that's something I think we need to be pushing more for for these younger guys that are Great, coming in. Absolutely. Like, hey, man, you got to take care of yourself. I get it. Like, I've heard it from old guys before. Like, you, you, when I was your age, I lifted <laughs> twice <laughs> as much weight. It's like, oh, that's cool, man, but you're not doing it now. So obviously you're doing something wrong back then. So like, I want to be able to take care of people for the rest of their lives. Not just, Hey, cool. You can lift 400 pounds. You can bench press 400 pounds. Awesome. You can do it twice. What about your shoulders and elbows in a couple years? Like what, what, what's the damage that we're doing? Like, of course with like a Ronnie Coleman, like look at that guy now. And it's sad. Like I, I was almost in tears watching his documentary that they had. It was an like, awesome documentary. It was, it was incredible. But I was almost in tears watching that because you'd see where he was, how high he was in life, and where he's at now. And of course, the dude, his positivity level is through the roof. And he still goes to the gym and works out because he has to. <laughs> but to see that stuff, and then like I get worried about when guys are going in there, the young guys going in and throwing all that weight. And I think a lot of it comes down to just the training early on. And I, I just didn't know if you had any, any thoughts on that as well. But you, you explained it pretty well. Uh, yeah, you can't fix. I mean, even even if I walk in the gym with a thirty year old mm-hmm. and and they've done some lifting, I mean, I have to give you some type of introductory. You know, hey, let's talk and walk through what's getting ready to happen. One, mm-hmm. we got to keep our ego at the door. Don't get me wrong. I know you're going to want to push as heavy as you can. Probably push as heavy as I, you know, as I mm-hmm. am. But who cares? Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to fatigue. All muscle fibers that you have. Let's just say chest, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you're, too, you're, you're slow twitching, you're fast twitching. I'm going to burn them up. Okay, but here's the thing. You can probably hang with me for the first couple sets. But because you're not in here, I'm going to mm-hmm. take off on you. But here's the thing is I need you to follow me, mm-hmm. you know, along can the way. get to my level at some That's point. what's going to improve you. You know, you know if, if I can deadlift, you know, 650 pounds and you can deadlift 605, I'm walking out growing some muscle with that 650. Mm-hmm. You know, you're walking out and can potentially hurt yourself. Um, yeah, your ego feels a little bit better, but you're not getting what you want out of it. Yeah, and I think that's where the education needs to be. Is that if you want to go in, if you want to be a powerlifter, great. That's not my world, mm-hmm. and I can't train and teach that. Probably, but if you're a one rep max and that's what you're doing, then then I support it. You just got to find somebody else that can help you because yeah. that's just not me. You know, I'm a I'm a eight rep to fifty rep kind of guy. Yes, and more along the twenty to thirty rep range is kind of where I like to do twenty to thirty reps. Yeah, I see. I haven't gone up when I would do fifty reps for anything. It would be more towards if I'm hitting at the end of my bent, my my chest day, which I. I'm, I'm wanting to change up a lot of the workouts that I do and how I do them, but I've, I've recently just more focused on the muscle group itself. Not like if I'm hitting chest, I'm not doing chest and tries. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can switch it up, but I've just tried focusing on just chest itself. And at the end of the workout, I want to do a chest blowout. Mm-hmm. I want to go and I want to bench press with good form and controlled 145, 135 pounds 100 times. And if I can do it 100 times, not in a row, like I've got to take a breather and i got to – I get to 25 and then it's not it's not going anymore, which makes me feel really good because that means I've had a good chest day so far and I'm going to even murder it even more with the 75 I got left. But with keeping a high rep, I can only last so long doing that. So that tells me yeah. you need to work on it more, yeah. right? So <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's just, let's just say that let's just use your chest workout, right? And everybody does the same similar workout. Let's yeah. say by week five, you throw in 100 rep, you mm-hmm. know, three sets, 30 sets a piece or 30 reps a piece. I bet the next day, because you don't do it often, mm-hmm. you're going to feel a lot more soreness in your muscles. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like like my squat day this past week, I had a buddy me. We worked out pretty good, and you know, we get up to four hundred five to four fifty five. Once I get that four hundred range, I'm doing three to four sets in it, and we did four mm-hmm. sets. You know, it, 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 it's six to twelve reps over four hundred pounds. Well, then we go over to leg press, and we put you know six plates aside, seven plates aside, mm-hmm. thirty reps, twenty five reps. We're ten we're ten plates aside doing fifteen to twenty reps. I mean, think Jeez. about that. I mean, that's still a lot of heavy weight that's with a lot, lot of reps. And I'm telling you what, he's he, he's in the he ain't hanging. He's hanging on to the trash can. You know? <laughs> but that's a whole different world of training. And, and what's yeah. your body do when you put that kind of stimulation on your body? And it, what's it do? It's got to grow yeah. to adapt for the be. next time you do that. So a lot of people want to do just compound movements, which is more slow twitch. Mm-hmm. You can't. You got to in bodybuilding. You got to do almost a little bit of everything mm-hmm. to be able to sculpt that muscle and get what you want. You know, you can't go in and compound through an hour workout. Mm-hmm. You're just gonna you're just gonna tax out and you're in trouble, mm-hmm. right? But then you can't go in and just be a high aerobic, you know, 50 to 80 rep person. You just got to yeah. find that balance, but you need to change it up. That's how your body adapts, by growing muscle. What do you think of CrossFit? Um, I think it's interesting. I, think it's I don't know enough about it. I, what I would say in the past five or six months, and for anybody that follows me on social media, is I've been putting some conditioning drills into my training. Really? Yeah. I'll try three days a week. I try to put uh, 10 to 15 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if, uh, if you follow me much on social media, but you know, I'll go outside and I'll push a sled in my yeah, seen, in, yeah, in, in my that. driveway and do yes. some rope stuff, and then do some box jumps and some jump ropes, and we'll do three sets of that. So four minutes, and then a minute break, four minutes, a minute break, and then four minutes. You want to talk about changing a dynamic and training? I mean, that's crazy. And here's my philosophy behind, it, especially as I get older. Mm-hmm. The more cardiovascular in shape that I am, mm-hmm. when it comes to that 455 pound squat, instead of me on my fourth set of 450. You know, me dying out at six reps, seven reps because of what? Cardiovascular. Mm-hmm. Now I can get eight to ten reps. Why? Because I can process oxygen and carbon dioxide mm-hmm. a lot faster. So I can actually put more stress on my muscles for muscular growth. The only problem is for a guy like me with a physique, because now i got to eat another 500 to 800 <laughs> calories a day to be able to offset that. Because remember, yeah. you're either anabolic or you're catabolic, yeah, right? you're so, burning that all down. Oh, you're burning it, man. So it's tough. But, you know, you'll see a big difference. You'll see somebody in, in the gym, if they're in cardio shape and... Got a good looking physique. That's a that's a tough that's a tough person to follow. That, you know, that's incredible. That's a, <laughs> there's this dude. There's this dude I used to see on social media, but I got rid of my Instagram a long time ago. That's how I followed him on Instagram, and he was a, I believe he was a cop out in California. And this dude was taking tractor tires and he's flipping them over his head. Then he's going over to the squat rack and he's hitting squats and he's getting he's getting done with that and doing box jumps. And this dude yeah, is an incredible yeah. athlete. I say athlete. That's that's an athlete right that's there. That's an athlete, yeah. And it was just incredible just seeing the amount of power he could generate so quickly and as big as he was. I mean, he was your size. And yeah. he's just yeah. generating so much power with yeah. those those quick those quick those quick reaction muscles and then he's going and, and powering through a heavy lifting. I'm like that's I'm tired. So it's impressive. So, so it's yeah. it's absolutely impressive. Yeah. You know, CrossFit people are impressive, but I don't I don't like their physiques. You know, I think for them to, yeah. to do what they do and work out, they they bury me in the sand. Oh yeah, you know, I'm two hundred seventy five pounds, right? So for me, for for my body to hold that kind of oxygen to be able to get through one of their workouts, they would destroy me. However, I don't want to look like them, mm-hmm. right? So I, I I'm you know it doesn't matter as long as people are, I don't care if you're doing yoga, mm-hmm. as long as you're doing something daily. Yes, that's physical, and I don't care if it's forty five minutes on the, on on the step mill. Or even walking for you know the seventy and eighty year old people, mm-hmm. I think you have to be active every single day, and I admire that. I admire, I think it's even you know, uh, and I've been talking to my wife about mental health a lot because that's what you see a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. And I think training and working out and physical fitness, just really just the result is mental fitness too. I agree you know, with and that. I and I don't care how you find it. I don't care, I don't care how you find it. You know, I don't think if you know you're a bricklayer and I bricklayed at twelve years old until I was seventeen. So uh, my dad owned a bricklaying company. To me, that's not a workout. Yeah, I could probably hit the baseball a little bit further because I was doing that kind of work. But that's not a workout. I think people need to go in there. I think you need to do it for your own mental health, mm-hmm. your own physical need, and uh, keep your heart ticking for about 45 minutes, 55 minutes a day. You know, when I come in, I, I've got a big clock in my in my gym in my house. I, hey, we're on the clock, fellas, and we're moving. Mm-hmm. But we're going to be done by an hour. If you can't get your workout done in uh, less than an hour, you're doing something wrong. You're not moving fast enough. I have heard that from people. I uh, The guy I used to hang out with when we go to work out, he's like, we can get a good workout in an hour. And I'd always say, like, there is no way I can get a good workout in an hour because I never heard that. And then I worked out with him. I'm like, I can see how you, you can do You and I would be laying on the floor in an hour. I, I would actually, I'd like to try that out because <laughs> I, I want that challenge. I want to yeah. I want to break the, the spell I'm in right now. I want to break through the mold that I've created myself during the winter. 
I need to get out of it. And I need to get back into a good workout regimen. I need. And I'll that's why. That and that, we touched on that earlier, and I know I know we probably got to get going here, but you know, yeah. the what excites me to train with five and six different people mm-hmm. a, a month is just that additional challenge. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Just don't want to sit. Let's just say you happen to throw up. You're not feeling real good. That's a good thing. Because you're trying to hang. But you know what you'll do when you leave? Yeah. You're going to say, you know what? When I come back in a month, oh, hell no. I'm not going to let that happen again. <laughs> but you know what you're going to do for four weeks? You're going to balance your diet. Yeah. You're going to keep your workouts on. You're probably going to get a little bit more conditioning in to make sure you're ready mm-hmm. for it. What would you do? You improved like crazy over a four-week time frame. Why is that? Just because I invited you over and we just killed each other. And that's yeah. the best part about it is, is that you're going to kill me just as much as I'm going to kill you. And I'm yelling. I mean, it's my home gym, so you yeah. can yell, right? Music blast, and we're yelling. I mean, it's fun. There's nothing more motivating than that kind of environment. That's awesome. You know, even if you're not even in that environment, how could you not be motivated yeah. by something like that? That's you know? incredible. Isn't that cool? So I, I challenge you. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. He's coming over. We're yeah. going to get lifted. I'm doing it. Well, awesome. Well, yeah, we'll finish up here. It's been just over an hour so. Dave, I really appreciate you coming and, yeah. and taking the time out of your day. I know you're a busy man. Uh, just to be on the show and just give me some words of wisdom and people that are listening. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. This was definitely outside my comfort zone. So yeah. hopefully people have you know, learned a thing or two about me. And uh, you know, don't hesitate to ever reach out if, uh, if any of your fans or friends or anybody yeah. else needs to you know, get a good lift in. You awesome. Know, yeah, I'd, love to. I'd love to do that. I hope to have you on another time. You know, just kind of in about 60 days, maybe if I'm a little bit bigger. 60 better. days, and yeah. then maybe after May 8th, the show, when you come May, and check it out, and then, yeah. and then oh, maybe yeah, we'll definitely. get a commitment out of you, right? So Probably. Remember, we'll short-term to long-term, right? <laughs> so we get you in the gym in the next four to six weeks, see how you progress, mm-hmm. bring you in to show you one of my bodybuilding shows, best in the world. <laughs> And then uh, you know, we'll follow up a week or two afterwards, and maybe we'll get you to commit. You know to what? I'll, uh... You know what? It's time to step up there. <laughs> All right. You know what? You see, I'll you see how I'm optimistic, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it's time to step up, man. You're being a loser. Right? <laughs> I'll take you up on that. Well, awesome. yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll close up here. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in and watching the entire time. I really appreciate it. Please like, comment, and subscribe on the video, and share it around to everybody you know. And uh, tell me what you thought about Dave and if, what about his story and, and if he's challenged you to – increase your own physical fitness and maybe even your mental health as well. So thank you so much guys. God bless you. Awesome.